1: Bill's Mafia is back. Are you ready for it? The third annual Buffalo Rumblings IPA beer release party is going down September 16th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Resurgence Brewing Company located downtown at 55 Chicago Street. I'm going to tell you what, you do not want to miss this event. Come out and hang with Joe, Sarah, and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings crew for the Megapod. You're going to want to bring your questions and be a part of the live stream. Get involved. It's going to be live. And this year, we're also going to have our friends from Fans of Buffalo joining the party and sponsoring the fun. They're going to be in the house to provide you with all the information you need to make your away game day experience the easiest and the most smooth that you've ever had in your life. I can promise you, they they do their job very well. So make sure you make it out Saturday, September 16th, 6 p.m., Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. Go Bills. My man, my man Jay Spence
2: the King sounding like Barry White. <laughs> my man, my man's got that velvety voice. That's his James voice, by the way. That's oh, not, is that is not, that what it that's is? That's not Spence, that's James. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome in wherever you're uh, watching, citywide.
0: Are you picking on me because I call him James?
2: <laughs> you call him James too? I know oh, he okay. hates I know he hates to be called James. <laughs> So I call him James, too. And every time I call him James, he won't respond to me. But anyway, hey, wherever you're watching, citywide, statewide, nationwide, worldwide, you are back once again watching the Line to Gain vidcast here on the Buffalo Roaming's vidcast network. I am the big Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson down in, I guess you would say, wet Florida. Did you get hit by any of that? Actually,
0: we didn't really get hit much. Um, We had a couple of, you know brief storms that, that came up, but um, we are too far east and south um, to, to really have been affected. So,
2: But hey, we're going to get into the, look, everybody's talking about it. We know we might be being a little redundant, but we haven't talked about it yet. We're going to talk about the final 53-man roster uh, now that cuts have been made on Tuesday before 5 o'clock Eastern time, and we'll get into the Bills roster. We'll get into some of the signings they've made um some of the guys they brought back on the practice squad also another interesting stat that has to do with 16 years um we'll talk about that as well i'm sorry six years we'll talk about that as well and i don't even know sarah doesn't even know what i'm talking about that one we'll get into that in a little bit <laughs> it has to do with cut players being picked up by other teams um cut players specifically from the bills uh we'll talk about that also but sarah um hey, let's get right into it. 53 man roster set. Well, I say it's set. Um they're still making moves yeah. and um maybe some of your biggest surprises from the final cutdowns on Tuesday uh, afternoon.
0: Yeah. I mean, um I feel like probably my biggest um surprise was that I wasn't really anticipating the the 2 IR moves. Um I figured, you know, we would um, probably have put one person on our on on R, but I wasn't thinking we were going to get rid of Questenberry. So those were two roster spots that I was actually very um, intrigued on the fact that that we were going to be able to keep. So um, keeping uh, Cam Lewis, and I know everyone thinks that I'm crazy, but I had said for most of the season that I felt like we would end up getting rid of um, uh, Tyler Medikevich, but you know and then meanwhile he ends up being a captain so uh how funny is that but i just felt like we weren't going to keep uh 6 to 7 uh linebackers so right. um i did not expect um specter to have to go on ir so it was it was interesting down the um, down the road uh, i guess when we when the 53 came out i was sitting there doing the math like no something's wrong <laughs> they counted wrong right. so i went through the the whole thing a couple of times over um, but, you know, I, I like what we did, um, on the, off- the offensive line with, um, you know, keeping the younger guys, I think that it is definitely a plus not saying that they're going to stay on the the roster. I guess it all depends on, you know, how people perform and what spots we need in a couple weeks, but.
2: Well, I think that the big thing is Sarah that, you know, and I agree with you, I mean, it's obvious. The same thing that the fan base had seen for the whole preseason is the same thing that the front office um, had seen as well, which was they needed some help at linebacker. They need some help at offensive tackle. We'll get into some of that stuff here in a moment. They went out and picked up a guy that 84 starts in the NFL, um, a former first-round pick from Texas A&M, played for uh, the only thing that makes me a little bit nerved up, four NFL teams in seven years as a first-round pick. And uh, you can go ahead and uh, pronounce yeah. that last name. But...
0: <laughs> oh, Effetti. Yeah. yeah, he definitely Ifedi. has not lived up to his um, his draft positioning. Um, not saying that, you know, this was a bad, uh, you know, bad pickup. I'm definitely excited. He's better than Questenberry. Um, he's, you know, de- he's, to me, he was, you know, um, just as good, if not, I don't want to say better. He, he's going to, he's. He's gonna give uh Brown the push that I think he needs. And, right. and you know, with the experience and being better, I think he was a he's a lot like Shell, a a little maybe a little better than Shell, or at least you know, in in par with Shell, um, but younger. So it's it's you know definitely a, a good thing. But um he is definitely not a run blocker. So that you know, maybe him and Brown can kind of change interchange reps here and there um but he is a very good off uh pass um pass blocker so i you know i think that that's what we need on this on this offense De- uh, detroit let him go um they picked him up in the offseason they let him go but they are a very run heavy um right. offense and to be honest with you uh i was reading an article that um was like was it smart to let him go you know he actually outperformed the um the the right tackle that he was going against in the preseason and um they ended up still choosing the guy that was already with the team because he already he was already with the team but he didn't allow any pressures the other guy allowed six and in the end they still kept the other guy but you know again younger probably cheaper so
2: i do like the fact that they moved Quisenberry. I thought Vandermark played well enough in the preseason to make the team, and I do agree, and I had it up there a minute ago. I'll put it back up. Daryl talked about uh, Vandermark making – I'm sorry, that was a different one. That's our boy uh, Dick Garage we'll talk about in a minute. But um, uh, he made Quisenberry uh, expendable, and I think that's a sign of, you know, they do need to – you know, we know what Quisenberry can do. We know what he's about. He's not getting any better. He is what he is. You get a younger player to come in, possibly could be able to develop them, possibly play other places. Uh, the Affelty, I'm indifferent on it. I think anytime you can get a guy to come in that's started 84 games in the league, that's a big deal. So yes. obviously not sure if he's going to go out there and push Spencer Brown, but I do think they're comfortable now if they have a guy that can provide good pass protection for, for Josh Allen that has experience in case that back becomes a major, major issue. Obviously, what we've talked about, you know, about Bates from day one, he's going to be the guy that backs up uh, center and can get you out of a game at tackle if you need him, but can also play a little bit of guard. Obviously, he started at guard. Um, Edwards is kind of the one-trick pony, I guess you could say. Edwards is a left guard. Um, yeah. And I haven't seen a plenty right guard. Um, but I, one of the things that's a little bit concerning to me already in the preseason is mcgovern is banged up a little bit he's nicked up he's got a knee injury he went limited today we might might say Edwards before right and you know what there might be a possibility that that's why they brought edwards in that they they knew that mcgovern while capable and can play well has durability issues and now you bring a guy in that can give you time uh, a guy that won a super bowl in los angeles
0: yeah he did practice today so that's you know a little bit of a, a positive um the video i watched didn't make me feel that much better he looked like he was in pain while, um you know while uh practicing he didn't look like he was moving well um but we do still have you know what um t- you know 12 days uh right. since you know game least. day so um i you know hopefully he'll he'll be able to get you know better um before then if not then we might see what Ed- edwards is uh
2: you know right. is
0: up to or not- or yeah. we might have Bates start there, and then um, we would have um, Anderson possibly do uh, center if needed.
2: Right, if needed. and and Matt brings up that Edwards has a hit concussion history. Yeah, so does Morris. So um, Morris, yeah. and he's still on the team as well. So um, take it for what it is. But hey, before we get any further here online, the gain always Wednesday nights, nine p.m. central or Eastern time, eight p.m. central. Hit the like button, smash the subscribe button, help us out. Tell us you like what you're listening to. Uh, We love being on here talking bills with you, and and we're talking about this 53-man cut. And I wanted to bring something up with you, Sarah, before we get into the linebacker situation a little bit and before we get into some other stuff. And what I mentioned about off the top of the show, um, six. So six years in a row now, I believe, since Bean has been the um, general manager, And if these numbers are not quite correct, you have the comments over there, your comment section, you correct me, but I believe it's six years now that uh, players that the bills have released in the preseason have become, have have popped up on other rosters. I think it's 16 players in total over six years. And it then leads me into what I I was on Twitter, looking at some things. And I know Sal, uh, Sal talks about this a lot. And, and it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it's a rule that could could help the NFL. It could help the young player, definitely. And that is, young players should probably be off of the waiver wire their rookie season. Yeah, because, I've read Sale's
0: yeah, response to that, yeah.
2: I, I really believe that. Uh, because you have teams that go ahead and, and cut players, and their whole intent is to bring them back and then next thing you know, they're scooped up and they're brought to another team and they're put on their practice squad or whatever. How do you feel about that? Because I think that it's, that's why you, you know, and this is why, and, and, and a great a prime example of this is a Shorter situation, right? I felt Shorter was not, I thought he was very average in the preseason. If not, maybe a little bit disappointing. But as you've pointed out many times, Shorter was drafted earlier than he was projected to go and was drafted as maybe a project just the fact that his size is so good, he's so big, that they took him at that spot.
1: Right.
2: So instead of putting him on waivers, they manipulate him through the IR chain. And what's funny is, is back in the day, they did all these things to stop teams from hiding players on the IR, but now this whole thing is back again. And that's what they did. I mean, they, they placed him on IR to hide him. Um, wouldn't it be nice to be able to release him, knowing that you could go ahead and, and you'd have, like say, a time period where you could sign him back to your practice squad before other teams could poach your talent and just yeah. your thoughts on that.
0: Well, I understand that, that mindset. Um, but I do get the way that sale responded. So sale responded saying that um, you're taking away an opportunity for that player to make a different 53 man roster, just because definitely an experience today. So we had three people that we cut that were claimed by other teams, um, Houston claimed two of ours, and I right. want to claim say-
2: Nick uh, Nick Boker or whatever the the offensive tackle Broker. and somebody else yep. yeah broke yeah
0: yeah and then <clears throat> um and then someone I think Green Bay or, or Cincinnati somebody claimed uh, Zane Anderson I can't remember exactly who it was um but so we had Alec Austin and uh, Nick Broker who weren't good enough per se to make our squad. So we had to let them go. If we would have put them uh if, if they would have automatically went into uh, the practice squad, they would have missed an opportunity to get three checks guaranteed, whether or not they make that team long term, they get three, you know, NFL entry level um, weeks of pay in order to go to that, you know, which is three times the amount of what they would have gotten e- each week than they would have gotten on the practice squad uh, with the Bills. So, Um, I believe it's 12,000 for a rookie versus 44 for the minimum uh, per week. It is for, um, for a vet. So it is a big difference for them. So I say, let them, you know, get the opportunity to you know, to be on another, uh, another team, a team that's trying to get better might feel, you know, feel that they're valuable on the flip side of that. I hate it when, when, you know, you let someone go, um, that they have the the choice once they that the, then they pass through waivers, they have the choice of what team to go to. I th- I think that that sounds terrible to say. Most of them will come would come back if we asked. Um, I think the probably very high percentage would come back to us um, to any team that they were on that that asked. Um, you know, after they were after they were cut. Um, I hate the fact that they have the opportunity as a free agent now to go anywhere.
2: You know, I I personally you know what, if you're worried about money, okay, then go ahead and bump their practice squad salaries up and give them more money on the practice squad. If you want to do it that way, or if you keep your own player, you have to pay them the, the rookie minimum for the first three weeks, like they'd go somewhere else. But you know, it's just, it's just, it'd be nice to be able to protect those guys. I think it's, it's, it's something that, that teams, if you draft a player, especially nowadays, if a player's drafted and maybe that's what it is, maybe it's drafted players, not, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it and the NFL has the money to do it. Right. Um, You're paying these guys signing bonuses and different things. Um, You know, I know everybody's all about making the money right away. um, But once again, this is something that I think would benefit teams it also benefit the players being able to stay where they were picked i mean it's nice to develop where you were
0: it's kind of twofold so do you think teams would find a way to manipulate that and they would start stashing most of their rookies on um the practice squad um because they can uh and then leaves the spots available for you know your regular 53 and then you know start bringing people up um as needed or if you know obviously if you picked in the the first or second round um if you were picked in in one of those rounds you were not going to be put in the, in the practice squad but anyone else you can just you know stash and go um well it that that might let harm me, let me, someone's development though
2: but let me start here they've been stashing and going for years this has been going on forever when i first started playing in the league they brought guys from the nfl came to your stadium and would watch practice and if an IR guy was practicing, that team would get fined. Um, the stash and go thing's been going on forever. I just think that, I just think that it's an opportunity for teams, and and the, everybody wants to do. Everything is now, right? And I get it. I'm all about players making money. Unfortunately, we have an NFLPA that sucks, so you know they're going to have to suffer for a while. But I think that there's something about development allowing guys to develop with the franchise they just been with for a month and a half. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's being so, naive, maybe that's being is too far fetched, but I think there's an advantage to it for both sides, not just the right. not just the team. So
0: Matt just put in the the com- um the comments. Um sounds to me like we are we're talking about increased roster size. Love the idea. I actually we've obviously keep on increasing the the roster size from what it was to what it is now with it being 53, technically 55 on game day. Um, the active, um, you know, the active is now 48. So I can definitely see where increasing, you know, the, um, the, the roster size might not be the best idea by a lot, but maybe if it's just, you know, three or four, and then you, like you don't go through the waiver process with rookies at all. You don't put them on the, you know, the practice squad. Right. They're just, um, you just have to um, consider certain ones, uh, you know, like you kind of tag the, fir- you know, five of them and say they're inactive um, on, you know, on game day. They're part of the, the, you know, the, the squad, but they're going to be, they're definitely inactive on game day. So maybe give a couple of extra roster spots, but just for the rookie year, don't let people go. But then again, what if the, what if this player and your team just don't mesh? What if, you know, or you realize you made the, you know, the worst pick ever, um, well, you you're, let you're them kind go. kind of like, well, that's right. what I'm I saying. Think... If you, if you let them go, then they're going to be, then they're put on, then they're put on waiver. Right. I think,
2: I think you should be able to, I think you should be able, maybe, maybe the answer Sarah is three, you know what I'm saying? Or, I don't know. Maybe just pick a number. Maybe the answer's three that you get to you get to limit three guys from from being in waivers, but everybody else has to go. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. You know, and Matt brings up a point, and it's like I'm not picking on Matt, but yeah, no kidding. The owners don't want to pay anybody but themselves. I mean, that's why we're in the predicament we're in and why running backs are having to hold out and beg for money. Um you know it's that's that's how it's always been yeah. but I'm well, a i mean huge
0: that, would, requ- fan that of would, it would it would require increasing it would would require increasing the salary cap so yeah and they say, and they need to yeah but i mean that it increases every year based on what they you know discussed in the um in the um the agreement so you know right unfortunately, which is, and
2: we you know how i feel about the agreement these yeah. these are but all things we, that should be worked 2030
0: out 2030 is the next time we we rework we it so <laughs>
2: Well, so I, I just I, think
0: that, um, we, we, we tend to say all the time that, you know, that owners don't want to pay their, that, you know, pay the players, but there needs to be a little bit of context behind that because there's only a specific amount of money you can play, pay the players. I know. Um, so that's the yeah. only thing that I, that's my we're, little asterisk.
2: Yeah. We're, we're well aware of that. And, and and our union does a really good job of keeping that number low. Um, Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of increased roster sizes. I don't know why we don't have more players. You know, I mean, if you have more talent on the team, you don't take a risk playing certain guys when they're hurt. I mean, there's a lot that goes with it. But let's dive in real quick before we get any further. And, um, you know, as we said before, you listen to Line to Gain here on the Buffalo Rummings VidCast Network. She's Sarah Larson. I'm the big Jerry Ostrowski. We're here every Wednesday night, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Let's talk about Kinsey. Um, let's talk about, is that correct? Am I right on the name? Kinsey?
0: Christian, Christian Kirksey,
2: Kirksey rather. I'm I'm so horrible with names. Okay? Oh, you're
0: thinking of Kingsley Jonathan. He's our yes. defensive end that we kept.
2: Right. I'm thinking Kirksey from Houston. Okay. Let's talk about him. Is it, is he, is he on practice squad because of his injury? Do you think they're on practice squad to try to help him learn? Why did not you just come li- into the I- roster?
0: Yeah, I, uh, well, because technically we don't have a, a spot. So we would either have to let someone go that we just said you made the 53 or put another person on IR. So as of today at four o'clock, um, when we put the um, two people on, I, on um, IR and then we brought back um, Ferguson and we brought back Effetti, um, we were back at 53. So we don't have any spots available. So we either have to put somebody else on on IR uh, on, on, excuse me, on IR <laughs> or, um, we have to, uh, you know, cut somebody. So then you got, then you're getting into the, you know, uh, issues of who do you cut? Do you cut a veteran so that they can, you know, they can go, um, directly to, um, your practice squad. But I believe after a certain week, I don't know if it's week two or three, they have to go through, um, a, a, a certain type of waiver as well, um, during, uh, during the season. So, um, it, you can't cut certain people as well. So um, to me, I feel like they put him on the, on the practice squad. And again, he's not quite there yet today. They said that he, they, he had to do a physical and all that stuff. Um, They have two spots left on their practice squad. One um, is going to be a quarterback, supposedly. Sarah, what's the number now?
2: What's the number now in the practice squad? How many?
0: 16. And we have 14. Okay. Yeah. So we have uh, two spots, um, two spots left. Uh, one will be a quarterback and one will be obviously, um, Kirksey. Now, I think that what I think that they're going to do is you're allowed three call-ups. Um, if they want to risk it, because again, you have a specific number of, um, you know, of, you know, call-ups you can do before you have to put them on the 53, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they can call them up for, you know, the first couple of weeks and then, put him on the squad to kind of learn a little bit, but then you're taking some, you know, an active game day, um, roster spot away, um, from somebody else if you put him as active. So he has to be able to go out on the field and perform at least something, you know, at least a little bit. So I think they're that, you know, they're either going to call him up. So he still gets at least the, um, vent minimum for the first two weeks. Um, or they worked, you know, out something with him where, uh, you know, they told him that the second we move somebody to IR, you know, we will be moving you up to the 53. Uh, I don't think he'll be on, um, practice squad for long at all. No, I don't
2: either. I don't either. But, um,
0: you know, we also, right now we're going into the, you know, the season with five wide receivers and one of those wide receivers is still kind of nicked up. So technically four, and then we got Knox and we have, um, Kincaid. you know, they might decide they, <laughs> that they need to bring up a um a wide receiver before they might have to bring up Isabella before you know they bring up uh, Effetti, but or excuse me, um, Kirksey. But um, I the the one thing that I think that uh, will be telling is if you know they feel within the next twelve days that he's already showing them something more than what Bernard or Dotson. Has been able to show this, you know, this off season.
2: I think once Kirksey learns the defense, he'll be on the roster playing. Uh, I think he he will be. I think by week four or five, he's your starting middle linebacker.
0: Yeah, and Um, and most people are saying you know two to three weeks to to kind of get a grasp of uh, of the playbook, but that doesn't mean that he can't you know learn you know specific plays, um, you know specific coverages, whatever, um, in bit you know bits and pieces, so that he can be active. Um, you know, for those plays uh, over the first couple of weeks, and really start to to build up and see whether or not um, they made the right decision, because uh, they obviously don't want to put him on the fifty three if they don't feel like he, he's going to do better than Bernard or Dotson.
2: You know, and I think this is one thing. And Bean's been getting a ton of uh, a ton of flack lately. Um, it's funny how this this whole thing ebbs and flows. You know. He's a genius. He's horrible. He can't draft anybody. We cut everybody. He's a genius again. He's horrible. Which such is Life of Pro Sports. But I do really like what he's doing here. And I think with the salary cap situations that we're in, the one year rent a player is how this is how a lot of gaps are going to be filled. I think the one year rent a guy, and who knows, maybe he resurrects and he's here for a couple years, but it's the old New England Patriots formula of what they've used to do with vets and things like that Um, to bring these veteran guys in with a lot of starts under their belt you're paying them less money you're getting them for a year or two um, allowing other guys to develop it's a big deal and I think Bean did a good job with not only middle linebacker but also offensive tackle as well
0: you think he did a good job what finding somebody at the end I think so he, uh yeah, I mean Well who's
2: he like gonna we, go get Sarah? Is he gonna go no, get Anthony Munoz? I mean, who's he I feel get? like
0: I just feel like we shouldn't have waited until you know cut down day to to figure it out. I think that they were very confident previous um to uh you know to camp that they had what they needed. And well, there's you know, this thing previous to draft as well.
2: Sarah, there's this thing I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called the salary cap. You can only play you pay so many really good players, you know what I'm saying? Yep.
0: <laughs> and there were, there were quite a few players that, you know, signed us, signed with us for, you know, we called it the bean special in the, the off season, the $1.7 million, quite a few even signed for a quite a bit less, you know? So I think that you, you could have find someone, but I still think they were a little stuck in their ways.
2: Well, I, I've, I've said it many times. I've not liked what they've done at tackle. I've not liked the fact that they've created zero competition at the position. There's too many guys that are complacent um, that don't get pushed. Um, I think that Brown has regressed in his techniques, although last preseason game I thought he was much, much better. I agree with John Fina and what he had to say about it. But, no, I mean, obviously offensive tackle is an area that they probably should have got into. But I think they also thought they had an answer in shell, and he bailed on them, of course. You don't know what somebody's mindset's going to be. Right. And all that. But one thing I do know is this, Sarah, that I do know that Buffalo Bills football on Sundays is great, but it's amazing if you include the best pizza in the city of Tulsa. And that pizza is Picasso's Pizza. And let's hear a little bit about Picasso's.
1: Hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bills Mafia only eats the best during the season, and the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net.
0: I just Welcome realized back. you said you just said Tulsa. <laughs> I did. Sorry, I'm like, did he say He said Tulsa.
2: mean <laughs> this is what happens when you play football till you're 32 years old. You're Stop Mongo. That. I mean, it's it's true. Uh, I'm, I'm a living, hey, breathing example ship, of CTE.
0: They ship nationwide, so you there you can go. Get so that you can pizza have it in Tulsa. There you go. So when I
2: sit down in my in my I'm 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 painting up my my basement. We got new floors going in. We got a new nice. TV. Watching the Bills. I can ship Picasso's pizza, the best pizza, not only in the city of Buffalo, but it can also be in the best city that you're in as well. Picasso's, (laughs) the pizza for game day. Uh, (laughs) All right. She's Sarah Sarah Larson. I'm Jerry Ostrowski. This is Line to Game. And uh, as we move into the second half hour, uh, let's – is there anything you want to get into? Because I have all kinds of questions for you because I'm amazed. I'm I'm horrible at math. Obviously, I have memory issues. I confuse things, but – your math prowess and the way you can work all these numbers out and contracts and all those things, I'm envious of you. You can put them into layman's terms for people like myself to be able to understand them. But um, looking at the roster, Sarah, what do you think the the bright spot of the roster is? Maybe our strongest position group? And then uh, what's our, our weakest position group?
0: Our strongest? Um...
2: And you can't say Josh Allen.
0: <laughs> okay um well yeah because i wouldn't have because then i would have had to include um uh kyle allen along
2: with <laughs> well they're um, actually the same person they just you know no they're not <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that is quite evident uh on the field um yes. no offense to, to to kyle but um i would say our strongest position group i'm gonna go dbs um and then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna say very closely to that are our defensive tackles, our um, DBs. I I feel like we are very deep um, across the board there um, between our corners and. Our safeties. My concern obviously is um what we're doing with, with Elam um and whether or not we're gonna have Dane Jackson or, or, or Benford, who's who's gonna be starting at CB2. And right. I've gotten so many people's, you know, opinions that you know everyone's like, no, e- you know, Elon won the job. And I'm like, no, he didn't. And then everybody's like, you know, um Benford's gonna start that he's he definitely won the job. And then we got a lot of people who have um Dane Jackson still slated as as C B two. So We'll see there. Um, my thing with the defensive tackles, uh, we have five really, really good defensive tackles, uh, on, on this roster. And we have one on the practice squad, um, that probably could get a job somewhere else. Right. Um, so I, I think that that's also a very deep, um, deep room. Uh, my concern with the defensive tackles is making sure they all stay healthy. I guess it's the same with um with the the DBs too. Just making sure they all stay healthy. And I want to see you know Trey White come back and be the old Trey White, not the not the Trey White of last year. No offense, Trey.
2: <laughs> um, I'm going to go out on a on a on a crazy limb, and I'm going to say say this. I think our best position group on our football team, very well by the end of the year, will be the tight end room. I I'm in I'm. Absolutely. I love Kincaid. Yeah. Everything I've seen from him this preseason. Um, you just watch what he does, how naturally he moves as an athlete, the way he's able to adjust routes, catch the ball with his hands. Um, but And I also seen a little bit different, and I think I think he's going to make Knox that much better because now Knox does not have to do everything. He's got help at that spot, and Knox can do what he does best. Right. I think Knox is going to be more productive just because of Kincaid. So, I think I that tight see, end room.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I just want to see um, how Dorsey takes advantage of both of them um, right. and utilizes both of them. I think they can be, you know, the best tight end duo, one-two um, punch in in the NFL. I, I honestly think that that um, they can be. The question is, is whether or not Dorsey is going to utilize them enough and, you know, and correctly. So, um, yeah, I like it. As someone else put wide receiver. Um, I think we have a very good receiving core now.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. preparing. I'm, um, I'm almost thinking about turning my headphones off. I for mean, good.
0: Shakir played what 20 something, 28%, 30% of right. the, the snaps last year on offense. Um, you know, he's probably going to be our, you know, fifth wide receiver. Um, and that's if we brought if we brought on Isabella, if we I feel like he would be behind Isabella at this point. Um, if we brought up Isabella, the, the difference is Isabella can be on the practice squad, Shakir can't. So well, he could be but he'd go through waivers and potentially um, get picked up. Um, so I think that that's uh, the thing with, you know, with our wide receivers. Um, most of them have not played i mean uh uh sharefield and hardy have not played an actual down during regular season so for me to say you know it's our our deepest i don't feel like we can right now Diggs makes it a very good team to you know very good um room to begin with davis is my my underlying factor um if he plays like he did during the preseason I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think that um, he showed during camp and during the preseason, you know, the few um, times that he played, um, he showed something that I'm excited to see. I just hope he has the year that everyone um, is talking about. I see it. Like I, I hope to, I even made a joke yesterday because it was 13 days and I forgot to make my, my uh, daily post, you know, countdown. I was like, Oops, dropped the ball on that one. Sorry. Right. <laughs> As a right. little joke, but I feel like it's it's probably time that we stop joking, uh, you know, and and let the guy um have the season that he's, you know, supposed to have. Let's let's you know, pray that he, you know, earns that that contract coming up and uh sets us over the top in the in the process. If he has a good season and I'm going to say last year, I shouldn't even say good if he has a very good last year was a just smidgen below good to me for him because of all the drops, he could have had a thousand yard season if he didn't have all the drops. I know it was only like, you know, eight or nine drops or whatever it was, but it felt like a lot. Um, no,
2: just, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to finish by saying if he has a smidgen of a, you know, better season um, and can, you know, get 850 900 yards, you know, a couple more touchdowns, then we have an elite wide receiver room. We just need to see wide receiver two step up.
2: My man, Matt, busted me out about selling (laughs) Picastos as a Tulsa franchise. Hey, Matt, I'll tell you what, man, I think we ought to get together and start that down in Tulsa. I think we could kill it. Tulsa's kind of a, it's kind of like a pizza death zone. There's only a couple places down here that are Northeast legit. Yeah. They don't understand what the what the what the small pepperoni that rolls up is down here. They got that big old flat, you know. Bleh. You got to find a couple spots. But here's right. a tell. Is this a tell, Sarah? We had two tight ends on the roster last year. Uh, three, if you kind of if they made wanted to make Reggie a, a tight end that week, right? Didn't we have two on the roster last year.
0: We had Knox, Morris, and Sweeney, didn't we? Oh no, Sweeney, oh, have, um,
2: Sweeney was not there.
0: No, Sweeney went to the Giants. Yeah. yeah, so I don't we, had, remember if we had one more.
2: Well, we do have three on the roster this year. Um, so I don't think, and you were talking earlier, we were talking about it. tight ends. I don't think we. I don't. I don't think Dorsey showed anything this preseason. I think they're going to do a ton of stuff with with those two that we can't even imagine yet. And I'm really hoping Definitely. that to be the case. I really. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I cannot wait for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I can't wait either. I think that we all. I th- I think some of us got pretty spoiled um, with the 2020 and 2021 offense. Um, and it, not that we had a bad year at all last year, statistically. Um, but I feel like our offense was a little bit different last year. So um, I think we're all ready to to get back and and feel like we're the dominating team every week. And we know that Josh can put up, you know at least more than 24 so as long as the the defense is keeping us under 21 we're good you know like that's how we felt for so many years um you know so many years after going through all the drought but um i want to go back to that i want to go back to to feeling confident and i felt confident in the beginning of last year the first um the first two games last year i was like yo this is the offense like this right. is crazy um it was a lot of those short passes yards after the catch. It was fun the first two weeks. And then we go into Miami, and Miami screwed everything up between the heat and the injuries and everything. Like, And I felt like the rest of the season, we were always like up and down. Yes, we finished 13-3. and I get it. We went through a whole bunch of stuff. And statistically, we were still one of the best offenses in, in the league. But I don't feel like we showed it when we needed to.
2: Um, switching gears a little bit as we move towards the end of the show today, um 2023 captains. Some guy that doesn't want to be here named Stefan Diggs is one of the yeah. eight captains that was named on the team. Captains yeah. are captains are the most vilified man in the uh, Buffalo Bills history, Gabe Davis. Um, who I'm I, you that know surprised
0: what? me. That one surprised me, and I was Why like, would go that ahead, surprise Gabe. You? Just
2: Why would because
0: that? I feel like because um he just doesn't seem like the leader type in the, um, in the locker room, in my opinion. Um, He's always goofball and everything else, but then so was Trey White. So um, I was, the fact that the rest of the team looks at Gabe that way impressed me. And after all the crap with, you know, what stuff, you know, went through and everyone talking in the off season for the team to nominate him, I thought was pretty awesome too, because you know, the press made made what a whole off season of talking about, you know, um, the, the Bills leadership and, and Diggs wants out and, uh, you know, everything there. Well, none of the players seem to have a problem with Diggs right now. Like they they voted him team captain. So Gabe
2: Davis got voted captain because he is an absolute dog in the weight room in his off season preparation. It's been talked about multiple yeah, times I've from people it. in that franchise that nobody works harder than him. Um, just because you're not a rah-rah guy does not mean you're not a leader, and obviously that football team has um, embraced Gabe Davis' work ethic. you got Micah Hyde, of course, Von Miller, who's on the, um, the uh, pup list for four games. The guy that Sarah wanted to cut, Tyler uh, <laughs> Medikavich, <laughs> Uh, he is a captain, obviously oh. a special teams captain. Mitch Morse, who should be a captain. Um hell Mitch Mitch could probably be a okay. GM at some so, point. In, are to my
0: defense, to my defense, I thought heading into training camp that AJ Klein, with his wisdom and all of his years of experience, was going to win the middle linebacking starting. Um, position. I really thought that um, he was going to be the one that could play Mike. So going through that, I said, there is absolutely no way they're going to keep seven linebackers. Are they going to get rid of Spectre or Bernard or um, Dotson? And I was like, probably not. They're going to, they're going to look to get rid of the, the guy that pretty much only plays on special teams. And yes, I get his contract was guaranteed his $2.2 million, whatever it was. I get all of it. But heading into training camp, I really did not think Tyler was going to have a, a spot on the roster. Um then AJ Klein just really didn't have that great of an you know an uh camp or preseason.
2: Um Matt says I thought Dawkins would have gotten a captainship. Yeah. Um,
0: um I looked well, earlier. I do not remember seeing him on the list last year, but I also um, thought that Ferguson was on it. So I remember the one that I saw, I think was 2021. Um, and then I don't remember uh, 2022. I knew that, that Gabe was new. Um, Jordan was on it. Micah was on it last year. Vaughn was on it last year. Tyler was on it last year. So was um, uh, Taiwan Jones. So I maybe don't. That,
2: maybe that says a lot.
0: You know what? Maybe it could have been though. So who did Gabe replace? Oh no, Gabe replaced Taiwan. So if they kept eight both years, oh and Edmonds. Yep, yep. Matt put Edmonds. Nine players.
2: Nine yep. captains. I've never seen that many captains in my life. We used to have three: one offense, one defense, one special teams. Let's roll.
0: Yeah, I. I you know, I don't mind that they. You know, they did <clears throat> one special teams and then. A couple of uh, offense and defense. Usually they do two, um, you know, two, two, and two, but, or three, three, and three, sorry.
2: Um, Real quick, um, have we gone over the practice squad yet? All the members of it yet? Have you read those off?
0: I'm sure everyone's seen it or heard it a million times. Um, But let me pull it up.
2: I did think it was interesting they brought um, Mance back. That was, yeah.
0: uh, He's one of the veteran ones that we could bring back. So for practice squad, for people who don't know, um we are allowed 16 um players this year six maximum of six can have more than three years of um of uh, credited playing time anyone um from zero to two years um is 10 max and when i say zero they say anyone that had more than nine games their um their first year or um, so if you played more nine than nine games or you were active, you don't actually have to play. But if you were um, you know, on the 53 man roster or on IR for more than nine games in your first year, then you you become part of that second um tier. And then um obviously if you've never been on a practice squad or in an NFL game, um, they can have the whole 16 be up uh for for those people um for the rookies coming in. So we have um Let's see if I can...
2: So we got uh, Eli Anku, a defensive tackle. Marcel Aitman, wide receiver. Kyron Brown, Cameron yeah. Klein. I was um, happy brought back Klein. Dick And then Garage. Richard Garage. Yeah, <laughs> Dick Garage. <laughs> Marcus Ingram, Andy Isabella, uh, Kevin Jarvis, Ty Johnson, Mance, uh, Tyrell Shavers, Brian Thompson, Kendall Vickers, and Joel Wilson. That's not counting... Uh, well, they got three more left. You said
0: two, right? Yep. So, so Matt put here. Uh, talk about Boogie. So, um,
2: I will say I, this about know... Boogie: he's the luckiest guy around because he still plays for a New York team, but uh, actually makes all of his money. <laughs> he actually makes all of his money in New Jersey, so he just got into a better tax situation. Probably not by much, but he's not paying as much tax so, as he would the state of New York. So,
0: Not to get into this too much, but I have done a lot of research when it comes to the, the taxing. Um, they get taxed based on where the game is played. So only half of their games are played in New York, home games. So that's when they get taxed in New York. The other half is when they're traveling everywhere. So if you come down to Miami, you don't get taxed that week. If you play, and are you talking
2: about play about player taxes? The players, yeah. Can I do that one? Sure. I used to file 13 to 16 returns a year because of that. Um, obviously, unfortunately, most of my fortunately, because it was the city of Buffalo tax wise, unfortunately, because it was New York. Um, yeah. So that whole thing started um back in the day when i was a kid in philadelphia philadelphia was going bankrupt they tried to raise money they tried to figure out how to raise money and they're like hey we got all these teams coming in here we're going to charge them uh, a percentage of taxes off of what they make in our city and that's Mm kind of how the whole thing started we would actually stay in new jersey the night before a philly game because you wouldn't have to pay that extra day of taxes by staying in jersey but you're right i mean state
0: taxes now
2: yeah, but it was different. It was less money. I mean, that's why oh, we stayed okay. in Cherry Hill because you didn't have to pay as much. So yeah, we, my accountant filed like thirteen to sixteen returns, including a federal every year, because of this. And um, yeah, you know, if if you won the lottery and you play for the Cowboys or the Dolphins, you know, you don't have to you don't have to shell out as much of taxes. But yeah, um, he did get a little bit of a break going to Jersey. That's for sure. But no, I, I I mean. Other than the Giants are turning into just another version of the Bills, Um, (laughs) you know, uh, I don't know. How do you feel
0: about the the compensation? Do you feel like um, for those people who lived under a rock for the last couple of days, so Boogie Basham was traded to the the Giants uh, on Tuesday. It was a pretty much a trade of picks. Um, We gave them Boogie and our seventh round in 2025. Right. And they gave us their sixth round in 2026. So, if you,
2: if you want that trade, if you want that in a nutshell, you can think about that all you want. This is all you need to think about. Okay. This right here. This is the thing that makes me want to vomit in my mouth every time I think about it. And it's that right there. We picked Boogie Basham instead of Creed Humphrey. Um, I've seen Creed Humphrey all offseason down here in Oklahoma working with one of my buddies getting ready for the season. And I'm just telling you something that that's who, who did they pick in front of Jordan? Um, that's kind of what this is to me. The fact that we took Boogie Basham and not Creed Humphrey. Um, right. that's what hurts more than anything.
0: Yeah. And in the end we, we wasted the the pick. He didn't even, he lasted what two years. So, right. um, I hate the fact that we gave him up for so little, but they had to be looking at the fact that he was not going to be what they had wanted. He did whether he didn't fit in or something, he was not going to be what they wanted. Um, I kind of got into a little bit of, you know, back and forth of, well, we kept, um, uh, uh Kinsley, Jonathan instead of him, you know, Kingsley Johnson had nothing for his, um, his, uh, contract and it's like literally minimum um i think you know like eight hundred and something uh thousand dollars and his uh dead cap i think is thirty five hundred dollars so down the road when von comes back no offense to you know to to jonathan but if he balls out for the next you know couple weeks if he's given the opportunity he goes and gets claimed once they let him go but if not then he goes back onto the the practice squad um because he's going to be the easiest person to, to um to release if he shows out um if he's given the opportunity uh, then there's you know there's they're in a conundrum because they're going to figure out how to how to keep him but when it comes down to boogie i felt like you know we saved um we saved money by by trading boogie so in the end we pretty much traded his contract not the player we traded his contract um in order to um you know to kind of compensate um you know uh Questenberry, he he cost us a million dollars to to let him go his dead cap was a little over a million dollars so uh you got to think about it as much as people don't like to think about it but we have to be under the 53 not the 51 anymore we have to be under the 53 um salary cap the 53 man salary cap um heading into the season so uh before the first game so I th- think it's 4 p.m on Tuesday uh so it's reality we we definitely have to think about money in in that sense I don't think that Boogie was ever going to you know be a, a, a starter on this
2: team no I don't think so either and you know I think one of the things that you know it's funny we just made the 53 for this year and I'm already thinking about next year I think this roster is going to look drastically different when we get the next year um, there's a lot of tough decisions going to have to be made, um, especially with with money and, and things of that nature. But uh, Daryl says, I wish they would have known uh, that sooner about Boogie, Creed Humphrey, or uh, Amon, Ross, St. Brown, of course, of the, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, yep. Would have looked great on this team. And yes, St. Brown was picked way later. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, you just um, have to find that... He, he that diamond in a rough, you know, it's, uh, it's just even like Kansas city last year, you know, they, they brought in a seventh round running back that ended up playing in the super bowl and running, you know, his ass off. So you just have to, to pick well. And I, I guess we'll kind of, uh, close out talking about that. Um, because I, you know, I made the comment about it being such a bad pick, a wasted pick in the end. Um, do you feel so like, like I said, we, we cut, um, uh, Alex, uh, why can't I think of his Austin? Um, Alex Austin and, um, and Nick broker, they were both what seventh round picks. Yes. Uh, we had to to cut both of them and they got, they got claimed by another team. Do you feel that we didn't draft well at that point? Because we didn't, we drafted two players that we couldn't, fine for our team or do you feel like what's the point of even drafting some of these guys because we know we're you know we're not going to keep them but salary cap is coming up and um this is a question uh, you know honestly that I was talking to to Spence about um he you know asked me about this um for his show to to talk about we're gonna have to start really wondering about the um or not wondering worrying about the salary cap uh next starting next year
2: no, I think that, uh, honestly, do you want my opinion? I think it missed terribly. I mean, I don't think that uh, – if Brown if Bean does have a weakness, it's probably his drafting. Um, I don't think that he's bad, but I don't think he's a guy that hits home run after home run. Um, I mean, really, if you want to get down to it, I mean, he's gotten lucky on a few picks, but he has burned a bunch of second-round picks and some other things. Um, so, you know, especially like, like I said, I've said many times and I'm sorry I'm being redundant, but I've seen, I saw Broker play live, saw him play against my kid. Um, I knew he wasn't an, you know, I didn't think he was, was a draftable guy. I thought he'd be a free agent cause he was huge. Um, you know, but sometimes you get in positions where you maybe take some chances later in the draft, you take positions or you take chances on guys at positions that you want to bring in. And you know that if you go to the free agency part of it after the draft is over, you have to battle with a bunch of other teams to get them. So if they're that much later in the draft, you don't really have to pay that much more money out of pocket. If you bring them in, you know, you pay a little bit of a signing bonus. And then if they hit, you know, hey, everything's great. And if they don't, you maybe add a little bit of extra money. Than you would have been if you waited till after the draft. So I think sometimes, especially on really good teams like the Bills, where they're already roster full at a lot of spots, they might take some chances. I think Shorter's one of those guys. Um, Shorter's a prime example of that that whole thing. You know, you've made, said many times, picked much earlier than people projected him, but I took a chance on that because we don't see many guys that are physically gifted like that.
0: Right. So I'll and take his special chance. teams and the special teams capability was was worth it for them
2: right so you take yourself out of the mosh pit that is the post-draft frenzy to try to get these guys to come in so because a lot of times it it, a lot of times guys that are undrafted free agents they might make more signing bonus money than the seventh round guy just because you got five teams that are fighting like crazy yeah to get them so it's just easier for the teams like You know, and I kind of sense that from from Buffalo, that they they do that sometimes just to not have to deal with everybody else.
0: Right. Um, I will say my only concern um, is next year we have, I think, one or two defensive ends under – well, edge guys, I should say, um, under contract, and then we have one – one defensive tackle maybe two um we're gonna have to really you know um really go out and try to figure this stuff out these one-year contracts you know we're gonna have a lot of new faces if we can't start drafting and, and keeping these guys um
2: and not only that Sarah the amount of guys that are 30 and older it's, it's the roster's gotten old quick and it's gotten yeah, expensive it's quick. And, you know, I think it was, I think it's Carolina. Maybe I thought it was Carolina. And if I'm wrong, but I think Carolina has one guy that's, or two guys that are 30 even. And the rest of the team is under the age of 30, which is just nuts to me. But, um, but no. You don't have it, anyone
0: older than that is what you're saying? Yes.
2: Yes. There's a team and I thought it was Carolina that has two guys that are the age of 30 and then everybody else is under 30. Hey, guys, um,
0: if you can uh, click that like before we head out so we can get that uh, notifications on YouTube, that would be great.
2: But, yeah, click the like button, subscribe button. You know what it is. And uh, thanks for listening this week. This is the Line to Gain show on the Buffalo Rummings Network. We'll be back next week with more. Um, We're going to start talking a little bit of college football as well. We're going to have our show split up into two. We'll be 30 and 30. And um, we're going to talk a little college. We'll get into the bills as we're uh, two weeks away from the, uh, from the kickoff of the season, or I guess a little bit less than two weeks. We're what? No, we're 12 days. 12 days. I saw your, I saw your post today. I believe it was you. that said <laughs> We are Jim Kelly days away from, yes, uh, from uh, starting the season. So as always, thank you for, uh, for the comments. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week right here on the Buffalo Rummings Network. This is Line to Game with Sarah and Jerry. And as always, one love and go Bills. Go Bills.